Welcome to the Human Survival Podcast, where we aim for world cooperation on critical threats to humanity. This show is offered by the Human Survival Project, a grassroots movement for citizens around the world to push for transformation of the United Nations. Our global threats need global cooperation because no nation alone can manage them. Here we have honest conversations about overcoming climate change, destruction of nature, pandemics, nuclear weapons, advancing technology, and other catastrophic threats. But this is not all doom and gloom. We talk solutions here. We can solve this mess humanity is in. We just need to be smart and do the work. To survive, we must see ourselves first as citizens of the human race. To thrive, we must protect what is beautiful about humanity. This is urgent, so let's start. Hi friends, welcome to the Human Survival Podcast. I'm Shelby Murtis. Thanks for joining me. So today and in some future episodes, I'm going to talk about war and military things. Um, The Human Survival Podcast and the work of the Human Survival Project are based on the big catastrophic threats facing humanity and the need for better international systems like a stronger United Nations to help us handle these things in a way they haven't been handled so far. War is within the package of issues that I deal with here because it's um, getting to a point where warfare is an existential threat. It has been since World War II, and we've had nuclear weapons in play for decades now, But now we have many additional threats coming along, like um, more powerful weapons of many types that are now reaching the point of weapons of mass destruction that we should very much worry about. We've also got war in Ukraine, which is a big deal, um, with Russia being a nuclear power. This is also very dangerous. And we've also got growing tensions between China and the United States, which is, um, it feels like we're slipping into another Cold War, if we're not careful, with both sides in an arms race that could end up quite dangerous. Uh, with flashpoints, you know, about Taiwan and the South China Sea and, you know, even trade uh, conflicts and whatever else. So this is all brewing to be a pretty dangerous situation. So today I'm going to just talk for a short time and start to set the stage about these issues. And obviously it's complicated and I'll be back again and again to keep talking about it. Um, But I wanted to offer some thoughts today because there's some stuff freshly happened in the world that I want to address. Um, And that involves United States military spending. Um, I hope you'll forgive me focusing on the United States on this show here that is about global issues and intended for a global audience, since we're here on the internet, available to everybody around the world. Um, But the United States military has enormous influence on the world, which we'll describe. And so really it affects everywhere on Earth what the U.S. military does here. So what just happened is we had the passage of the National Defense Authorization Act. This is an annual bill that passes the Congress and always is signed by the president. Um, It was signed by President Biden a couple days ago. It It 
passed both houses of Congress with flying colors easily. So this is an annual process where they set the agenda for what kind of military spending is going to happen for the coming year. Um, I was very disappointed by a lot of the news coverage that I saw about this, which inspired me to talk with you today to try to fill in some gaps, which I think were just not addressed in the coverage. Um, a lot of the articles I saw really zeroed in on one small piece of the bill involving COVID vac vaccination for troops, and it withdrew the mandate that troops get vaccinated for COVID. That seemed to get more attention than anything in this bill, but that's really a small part of the whole thing and um, much lower in importance than much of what we're going to talk about today. Um, a lot of the articles I saw about it failed to offer much context. And so they just sort of went through and did this routine, like, you know, bit by bit, here's what was in the bill, and then that's it. But often failed to discuss the enormous size of the United States military and its growing size and the interaction of the U.S. military with the world. So that's what I'll do today. So this bill would offer $858 billion to the United States military for the next year. This is 8% increase over what was spent last year. This was $45 billion above what President Biden requested for military spending for the year. Um, over $800 billion. This is not million. This is billion. Um, it's enormous amount of money, and this money could be used for more important things, like addressing the existential threats to humanity, like climate change and destruction of nature and pandemic preparedness and advancing technology and that whole ball of wax. Um, and even if it is to be addressed to address the existential threat of warfare and nuclear weapons and such, there are far different ways to use that money that would offer us more safety. So I'll just notice that these existential risks I just rattled off often are underfunded and our society has not rallied around them to prepare for the future. So compare this amount of money just spent on military with the recent Inflation Reduction Act passed in the United States, which dealt with a few different things, but among it, a large chunk of money to deal with climate change. So this has been seen as a once-in-a-generation bill to address the climate um, in a way that no president has gotten passed in years and years and years, possibly ever. So the entire bill um, cost $738 billion. Now, the climate and energy portion of that um, came to just under $400 billion, which would be spent over about 10 years. Compare that with the $800 billion just spent on military in one year. So again, on climate, we've just spent $400 billion over 10 years, and that seemed like a lot. But the U.S. spends more than twice that on the military every single year. Imagine what we could do if we were spending that money on the climate instead. We might actually be safer. 
Um, now, the Inflation Reduction Act ended up being much less than what President Biden wanted. Um, he asked for far more than that, and there was very tough negotiations in the Congress where that got whittled down and whittled down to what it became, you know, about $400 billion. In this defense bill that just passed, Congress gave more than what Biden asked for. They didn't try to whittle it down. They didn't try to negotiate. They didn't try to lower the price. They gave more than what he even asked for. That's quite rare in U.S. politics. But for whatever reason, well, there's multiple reasons, but the Congress um, seems quite eager to spend money on military. Now, one interesting um, nugget here is that the Defense Department failed its financial audit for the fifth time recently. So for years, they've tried to do an adequate audit of the Defense Department to account for where all the money goes, and they failed an audit again. That basically means that they can't account for where all the money is going. They don't know. It's getting lost. It's getting misspent. We're not quite sure. But even despite that, Congress is willing to give it even more money. So now with this increase, this means the U.S. military is spending the, like, the most it has since World War II, even adjusted for inflation. That includes the entire Cold War with the Soviet Union and all that arms race and the whole deal. Right now, they're spending even more than all that since World War II. Now, if you just look at world military spending, the United States spends 38% of that military spending in the whole world. China spends about 14%, and the other half or so is all the other countries on Earth. Now, the United States could cut 10% of its military budget, and it would still be spending more than the next eight countries combined. Many countries among those lesser spending countries are not getting invaded. They're just going about their business. They're doing just fine with far less military spending than the United States. The amount being spent by the U.S., it's not just about protecting the United States from invasion. And that's the story that is often told in America, is like we have to keep spending this amount of money to protect the United States from bad guys around the world. But it's far more than just defense, because the U.S. has 750 military bases around the world in 80 countries. It's not just about protecting the homeland. This is pretty unique in the world too. There's other countries that have bases in other countries, but the United States has three times the number of overseas bases than by all the other countries combined. So there's different perceptions of why that is and whether it's good or bad. So Many countries don't like this. Many people don't like this. And they see it simply as the United States projecting power around the world and basically be assertive and um, dictate what's going to happen in the world with these many, many military bases. 
Some see it more favorably as the United States sort of acting as a world police in order to defend freedom and democracy and values we hold dear and all this kind of stuff um, and protect its allies. And I understand that viewpoint and there are some merits to it. Um, I suppose if we are going to have one country with an enormous amount of military, I might prefer it be the United States over some other countries that might do it more recklessly. But I'm not really sure if one country should be policing the world. I don't really see why that's the best way to go. Um, at its very best, this military activity gets mixed up with the United States political or economic goals. So it's not always trusted by everyone around the world. Not everyone sees the United States as the protector of liberty and all that's good. Um, some see the United States as wielding mil military to be in charge of the world. Um, so there's downsides there. There's also just the complicated politics within the United States where military is not always used um, reliably or predictably or in an even fashion. So sometimes it'll be gung-ho just going into a place, you know, all guns blazing, like in Iraq or Afghanistan, and even just level an entire country in order to meet what it sees as its goals. At other times, the United States will be more isolationist and be very hands-off with other problems in the world that have been quite ugly, but the United States will not see it as being in American interests to get involved, and so they don't. And so it's sometimes hard to judge whether the United States is going to get involved and whether they'll do anything helpful. Um, also, the United States government changes hands so president by president, uh, political party versus another. Presidents vary. Um, they're not all the same. And we've noticed that presidents can have varying mental health, varying uh, cognitive abilities or other abilities. Um, you know, they can have varying philosophies. So one might support a strong military when it's their president or their political party in charge. But it's quite another uh, situation when it's another president or the other political party um, getting to control that very large military. And then even at its best, even if the United States is well-intentioned, um, most countries of the world have no say in what happens. So basically, law and order and military affairs in the world get so dominated by the United States, by China, um, to a lesser extent by the handful of nuclear powers. And so much of the country is just at the whims of what these few large countries do. And I think most people would see that as unfair, that so many humans on Earth get no say in what's going to happen here. So this whole thing, it's not only an issue of morality or right and wrong or who gets to decide what and what's fair. We're just entering a very dangerous time where we've got a growing arms race, especially between the United States and China.
it's extremely dangerous. Um, we saw how dangerous the Cold War was between the United States and the Soviet Union, where we were threatening each other with nuclear weapons and could just blow everything up. We're slipping into a new Cold War with China and the United States if we're not careful. China is beefing up its military and its nuclear arsenal, um, and the two seem to be locked in this competition where they use the other as an excuse to beef up their military. So in this recent uh, U.S. defense budget I mentioned, um, most people cited this increase as an important thing because China is beefing up its military and because there are these conflicts with China. This is why the U.S. needs more military. But then the China will do the same thing and they'll say, look, the United States, they're beefing up their military and we worry about them. So China is going to beef up its military. And this is an arms race that just continues and continues until somebody blows somebody up or we blow up the entire world. World War II was bad enough and we certainly do not want that again. But I believe that if we had another um, large-scale war again between two major powers, it would be insanely more destructive because of our advancing technology in warfare. So we've got nuclear weapons still, but we've got things like hypersonic weapons, we've got cyber warfare, we've got biological warfare, we've got space weapons, we've got, you know, it's just really messy now. We've got artificial intelligence. Um, which is more and more used by militaries. So this kind of arms race could be incredibly dangerous. So I believe that instead of having the U.S. simply throw its weight around as, I don't know, not really a solution, or engaging in arms races and another Cold War, I believe that we need international systems that protect everyone. So basically, the world should be handling world security instead of just the United States. Now, I'm not arguing that we should do anything extreme or sudden. We need to, you know, remove the entire U.S. military and destroy it overnight or something extreme like that. But I think we do need to look at the long-term trends and what's happening and start to replace our current strategy with a new strategy that will be safer. So that new strategy would involve a stronger uh, reformed United Nations. Not simply, you know, throwing more money into the United Nations, although that is an important aspect, but really we would need to change it structurally so that it could handle and, you know, be given the authority to handle um, international affairs in a different way. Now, just to understand the scale here, the United States, I'm sorry, the United Nations every year has a budget of about $60 billion. Now, this is not just the core, um, you know, like the General Assembly where you see all the world leaders meet and such. This is all the agencies involved in the United Nations system. They spend about $60 billion each year. Compare that with this United States military bill spending over $850 billion, far more. So the U.S. military is spending 14 times the United Nations budget. 
Now, the world military as a whole, if you add up all the countries of the world, spend a bit over $2 trillion on military. That's 33 times the United Nations budget. So that shows me that the world is 33 times more interested in fighting than in cooperating. So again, the solution requires more than simply um, adding money to the UN. Um, I'll cover those structural changes that I believe are necessary and others believe um, in future shows. But I do want us to consider here um, does the U.S. and the world want to fight or cooperate? You know, in this time of existential threats to humanity, do we want to focus on fighting and wasting enormous amounts of resources um, toward military? Or do we want to cooperate and actually give ourselves a safe future and solve these existential threats? So, I'll return to these topics again soon um, in more depth. I just wanted to talk about this briefly while it's fresh. Thank you for joining me. I really appreciate you being here. Um, if this has been at all thought-provoking for you, I hope that you'll share it with friends, family members, co-workers, whoever, and uh, just get people thinking. And also, let's have a conversation about it. Um, I'd encourage you on YouTube to leave a comment let me know what you think, and let's talk this over and have a group chat there. I think that would be interesting. All right. Thank you so much. I'll talk with you soon. Hey, wait. Before you go, I need your help. It's small, but really important. Simply listening to this show is great, but doing things and taking action is way more powerful. This is not just a podcast. This show is the voice of a very ambitious grassroots organization, the Human Survival Project. We must transform the United Nations so it's strong enough to manage our global catastrophic threats. Making change happen on this ambitious scale is only possible when people participate and work together. So please, like and subscribe to this show, or leave a comment. You know how this works. With likes and subscribes and comments, you're telling the computer algorithms that you care about this show. So the algorithms will then recommend this show to other people. This is how we grow and reach a bigger audience. And this growth is really important for a global grassroots movement trying to improve how the world operates. We can't do this alone. We need you. Beyond liking and subscribing, here are three other ways you can help. One, share this show with a friend, person to person. A growing audience powers this cause. Two, come to our website, www.thehumansurvivalproject.org. Three, at the website, sign up for our email newsletter and keep up with our progress. I promise you'll like what you see, and it'll help you talk to your friends about what must be done to protect humanity. Thanks to Moby for the show's theme music, and thanks to you for listening, for helping us grow, and for speaking about these important issues with everyone you know. Have an outstanding day. I'll talk to you soon.